Seniors are half price. We just, I, I'm about to forget that. Seniors are half price, and so very, very important. All right, tonight as I start into this lesson, I want you, I want, uh, want you to understand that we're not talking about a command to fulfill, but rather a principle that will fulfill. There's a big difference what I just said. It's not, I'm not going to be talking about a command to fulfill. I'm talking about a principle in the scripture that will bring fulfillment. And so uh, uh, it's very, very important, and we're going to just really jump into it, but I need to pray again. So, Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus, I need your, your presence, your spirit, your power tonight. Lord, I ask you, please guide my mind and my thoughts as I teach this tonight. Father, I, I beg you that it might touch somebody. I don't expect everybody to get this or to move them in the same way that it did me, but, but Lord, that somebody might be moved to, somebody might see what I saw that, that night, please. Holy Spirit, guide my mind, my thoughts. I yield myself to thy presence, and I, and I ask you once again, please anoint me with fresh oil. And I ask everything in Jesus' name, amen. The... Um, as you see up here, point one, uh, and I'll try not to look back there. I got my wife to do it. She says you do better if you just preach it and you just let what happens happen behind you. So I'm going to try to do that best I can. Point one is the law. So many want to make sure everyone knows that tithing was an Old Testament law and they believe the law was done away. And so uh, you hear it often, often preach, you know, how, okay, you know, that's just legalism, you know, to, you know, to even preach about tithing, to have tithing. Many of them today, you know, believe it's almost legalism to pass a plate in front of you because that's putting uh, undue pressure on you to, to give. Uh, the truth is, I believe that every right and good thing, you ought to give people the best opportunity to do it. And so, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, we can put a box in the back and, and, uh, and hopefully that maybe someday God will catch a hold to your heart and uh, that you might drop a dime in there. But, uh, but, you know, I think it just gives you the best opportunity to fulfill something that's very good in the Bible. But uh, the John chapter 1, verse 14 says, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He says this, the, the, the Lord Jesus is full of grace and truth. John 1, 17 says, For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, it's very, very important that we understand grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Now, now here's, here's why that's so important, and I emphasize it there, because Psalm 119, 142 says this, Thy righteousness is, as an, is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Hello? Oh, it's done away. Now, wait a minute. Grace and truth came. We ought to let the Bible define the Bible. Grace and truth is Jesus Christ came to bring grace and truth. He is grace and truth. And the scripture says that the law is the truth. Okay? So, Jesus didn't come to do away with the law. You see, Jesus came... And the commandment was a commandment, but now it is a truth to be lived. You understand? When, before Jesus, the commandment was a law to be obeyed. Today, it is a truth to be lived. 
Matthew chapter 5, verse 17 and 18 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law. Now watch this now. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now point two. Point two. Tithes and offerings and these just little heading I have, but Leviticus chapter 27, verses 30 through 34 says, And all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the, of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. And concerning the tithe of the herd, now we've talked about the, the seed of the land with the fruit of the tree, and concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth unto the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. He shall not search whether it be good or bad, neither shall he change it. If he change it at all, then both it and the change thereof shall be holy. It shall not be redeemed. These are the commandments which the Lord commanded Moses for the children of Israel in Mount Sinai. Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 17 says, Thou mayest not eat within thy gates the tithe of thy corn, or of thy wine, or of thy oil, or of thy firstlings of thy herds, or of thy flock, nor any of thy vows which thou vowest, nor the free will offerings or heave offering of thine hand. Deuteronomy 14, 22 says, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. And, and again, I'm not putting all these verses up there. I'm not sure what she's putting up there. I think she's doing it. Genesis 14, verse 18 through 20 says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abraham, uh, Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. Now, when I, what's the purpose of all these verses here? What I want you to notice is from these verses, we see that the tithe covers virtually everything by which we, we may be physically or financially blessed. Do you understand? He listed all kinds of things, whether it's the seed or the fruit or the, or the, or the, the animals or uh, even your vows. I mean, he goes through everything and says all, everything should have a tithe brought forth of it. Now, point three, point three. I want you to look at the, now we're going to look at the New Testament, Matthew chapter 23. And what we're going to do, what I'm doing is I'm trying to lay a foundation just to, to let you know, a foundation because there's a lot of discussion, a lot of argument about this thing called the tithe in the New Testament. Matthew chapter 23, verse 23 says, Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you pay tithe of mint and anise and cumin and have omitted the weightier matters of the law. Judgment, mercy, faith, and faith. These ought you to have done and not leave the others undone. Now, this verse, and I just heard that this, this week, uh, and um, I, I preach on the, on the radio, and that's what I do. I just turn it on and just listen to it a little bit, and if they got any sense at all, then I continue to listen. Uh, 
But this fellow started talking, and he was talking about all the fact that it's legalism to even, you know, to, to preach the tithe in the church today in the New Testament. That was the Old Testament. Uh, tithe was a part of the Old Testament. It has nothing to do with the New Testament. He was going through all of these things. He used this very verse to say that, see, Jesus even mocked them. Jesus condemned them. Jesus criticized them because they thought they were going to, uh, you know, basically, you know, get some position with God because they tithe. Now, I want you to, let's just take a look at it. Luke eleven forty two says, But woe unto you, Pharisees, for you tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought you to have done and not leave the other undone. It is amazing to me. This passage is used by, by most everyone to demonstrate Jesus' opposition to the tithe, I believe is in reality is a clearly a statement defending New Testament tithe. It is mind-boggling to me. I won't scream sometimes and say, will you read the whole verse? Or maybe you got a Bible that changed it so much you can't see it. You see, he condemns that, uh, he condemns the hypocrisy of tithing uh, when you have, when you tithe, but you don't have true Christianity in your heart. But true hypocrite is one who is doing right and not truly believing in what they do. They're doing it for show. They're not doing wrong. They're doing right and not believing in what they do. Jesus said to these people, you should be concerned about judgment, mercy, and faith in addition to tithing. He said, these ought ye to have done, and listen, and not to leave the other undone. He said, you did, you did what the right thing. You're, you're doing the right thing. You're tithing. He said, but, but listen, tithing alone, when you're going through this ritual and you put money in and somehow, you, but yet you walk out and you treat people without, without love and you condemn people and you, you don't have proper judgment toward people. Listen, God's saying, that, you know, your tithing's not doing you any good at that point. He's saying that's, that's really his, his, his hypocrisy. God is trying to get us to understand that, yes, the tithe ought to be done, but we ought to love people too while we tithe. He doesn't say here that you shouldn't do it. The issue here is about pride and doing right things. It's not a con condemnation of tithing, but rather a problem of pride in the doing of right things, but for the wrong reason. Now, point number four, and I'm hoping I'm laying a foundation here, but the unchanging God finished the Old Testament with the tithe, and being an unchanging God, the tithe came into the New Testament. And I believe uh, this passage of Scripture, Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 through 12, and I'm really not sure if, if I made it big enough, especially even now for you to see it, but, but Malachi chapter 3, verse 6 through 12 says, For I am the Lord, I change not. Now, context is so important. Context is so important. Now, where does he say this? Now, first of all, he says it in the last book of the Old Testament. Okay, next, he says this right before he's about to say what he's going to say. And I'm about to read it. He says, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me. Now, wait a minute. We're at the end of the Old Testament. God's not going to write anything else. Why are we saying this now then? Seems like we're all done with all this. Now he says, return unto me and I will return unto you, saith uh, uh, the Lord of hosts. But ye said, wherein shall we return? Will a man rob God? 
yet ye have robbed me. Now God says to these people, you've been robbing me. You've been stealing from me. And folks, I want you to understand this. I know we don't tithe or do anything else to get to heaven. I understand. We don't do any kind of work to help us get to heaven. We don't do that. But that doesn't mean it's been done away with. Now, he says, but you say, wherein have we robbed thee? And God answers, in tithes and offerings. You know, God asks the question and he gives you answer. He says, will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. And notice what happens when you don't, when you rob God in tithes and offerings. He says, ye are cursed with a curse. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse. Now the storehouse, of course, the, the picture of the storehouse is the, is the church today. That There might be meat in mine house. And prove me, now look what it says, and prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Now God... He doesn't just say you ought to do this. He gives an incredible promise behind it. But let me just, again, jump way ahead of myself. Don't get caught up on, on uh, when I get done with this, please don't decide. I don't want anybody deciding what you're going to do for God simply because uh, I, I read some verses that said, hey, God's going to make, you know, you give to me, give me a dollar and God's going to give you 20. Uh, that's not the way it works, folks. It's just not the way it works. And, and, and it's the wrong reason to do it. And so, but God throws that in there and they said, I will rebuke. Watch it. This is even better than, than the blessings almost. He said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You know, uh, there's another person, Haggai, I think. But it, it's, it says that we took everything and put it in a bag with holes in it. You know, you ever felt like it seemed like everything you get a hold of, it just gets, man, something comes up to take it away? You ever got a few extra dollars, but every time you do, it just seems like something comes and eats it up? Am I only one that broke around here? <laughs> he said, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. He shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. So... God, right here at the end of the, the last book of the Old Testament, what, he's, what is he going to spend time on? He's going to spend time on the tithe. Point five. Point five. The tithe is the baseline of giving in the New Testament. The difference in the Old Testament and New Testament, the Old Testament was, it was just absolute. By law, you give 10%. In New Testament, the tithe is the baseline. You say, what does that mean? The beginning. God says that's just the baseline for giving. Hebrews 7, chapter 6, I mean, Hebrews chapter 7, verse 6 through 8 says, But he whose descent is not counted for them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that he had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them, of whom it is witness that he liveth. 
And I know it's a, it may be a confusing verse, but Mark chapter 12, verses 41 through 44 says, And Jesus sat over against the treasury and beheld how the people cast money into the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. And there came a certain poor widow, and she threw in two mites, which make a farthing. And he called unto him his disciples, and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you, that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in of their abundance, but she of her want, and that want is defined as her lack. But she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. Look what Jesus praises. He doesn't say don't give. He doesn't say give a tithe. He calls his men over and says, let me show you who we need to praise. Now, I know some of you think, okay, now that's crazy. Surely you're not going to ask us to give everything. Yeah. No, no. I'm not. I'm not. We think it's crazy, but listen, whether you can believe me or not, Joe Beth have, have been there. Well, I got nothing. I might have $2 in my pocket. Were we down to, I gave the illustration here, where we're down to our last few dollars. Can I tell you, it's a mighty special thing when you can give God everything. You know, when you've got plenty in the bank, that's hard to give God all of it. But when you come down, you got nothing. You know what you're doing? You're looking at it and you're saying, this is not going to get me through anything. So, Lord, you want it, you got it. Because it's all up to you anyway. You're the one going to take care of us anyway. I just say this, no one has ever been hurt giving God all. I don't think anybody ever has. I've never been hurt, and whether you believe it or not, in these 38 years of our marriage, we have been at times when there was nothing anywhere. And what we had left, the change, the dollars, the five, the ten, or whatever it was, we just said, we're giving it. Because we're just going to wholly trust him. Point number six. The Lord Jesus is the one who gives us the baseline that we just talked, the starting point that we're talking about of giving. And then he illustrates what real giving is about. But then he challenges us. Luke chapter 6, verse 38 says this, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaken together and running over, shall men give unto, into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet, whether, whether it shall be measured to you again. Now, again, an incredible promise of God. And, and, and he, he says, uh, give and it shall be given to you. And God, say, God says, well, if you'll give to me out of your heart, not because you're going to get, but if you'll give to me out of your heart, he said, you may not even understand, but I will give back to you. I'll take, I'll take that sack and I'll put everything in it. I'll shake it down real good. I'll push it down real good. I'll pack it down real good. And then I'll fill it all the way up. 
Giving to God will never hurt you. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So can I tell you, it's not the paycheck that supplies all your need. It's not the credit card that supplies all your need. It's not the bank account that supplies all your need. Jesus supplies all of your need. 2 Corinthians 9, 7 says, Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, but God loveth a cheerful giver. And that's where God's saying, don't, do, and I'm going to tell you again, don't change what you're doing because what I preach tonight, change what you're doing because the Holy Spirit of God pricks your heart and you say, I know this is what we need to do. I know this is what I need to do. 1 Corinthians 16, 2 says, Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God has prospered him that there be no gatherings when I come. He said, look, first day of the week, Sunday, first day of the week we gather and when we gather together, we are supposed to give. Now, all of that was foundation. Because it's talking about tithing and giving. It's not my message. That's why I had to start early. Okay? Are you all with me? All right. This was all foundational as God was trying to reach my heart, not my money. You see, I learned these things that I gave you. Now, I told you this comes from a message. None of that is the message that I heard before. The truth is, I don't remember the message. I remember the text, and I remember what God did for me. And Joe Beth, I'm not sure. Do I have anything else that's even up there? Yeah, I guess I do just a little bit. All right. When I first learned of the tithe, I came into the church, and I was like everybody else. I didn't know what tithe was. I came from a little church out in the country where, you know, the plate came by, and, you know, you pulled out your couple of dollars, and you threw it in the plate. If you put a 20, you made to leave it unfolded so everybody knew that you put a 20. But when I first learned of the tithe, I did not question it at all, for it made sense to me. And I'm going to just tell you, when I first got in church and found out about the tithe that God asked, it made sense to me. But here's what made sense to me. It made sense to me that God wanted my heart. And it made sense to me because I very quickly learned Matthew 6.21, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You see, folks, the condition of your attachment to this will tell you about your heart toward God. How are we doing? Are we doing all right? Everybody doing okay? All right. I just, I don't really care, but that just, you know, gives me a break. Let me get, let me get a drink of water. It's home, folks. Say we love you, Brother Hooker. Amen. Liars. <laughs> All right. When I was a police officer out in Cairo, I got in church, I learned about the tithe, and I learned that, honestly, I learned that God wanted to know how much I loved him. Because I, I'm a man that reasons everything out, and I realized God doesn't need my money. You understand, if I give him a whole paycheck every week, he doesn't need it. Now, God don't need it. I need it. But do you, no, no, he doesn't need it. He doesn't need the check. 
He doesn't need my money. I was making $849 a month. That's an amazing amount of money to risk your life every day, but $849 a month. We were able on $849 a month, we were able to buy a $30,000 home. We used all our grocery money week after week to feed teenagers in the church. But it was here where I first saw God as we used every little dime we had. We gave our tithe. We fed the kids. We gave everything we possibly could to the work of the Lord. And it was there in that little house out in Cairo that the first time that we saw food just show up at our doorstep. Not knowing where it came from and always assuming it had to be somebody in the church that put it there, but that God started dropping food at the doorstep. At this point, I was tithing, listen to me, I was tithing on my net income. Anybody understand what net income is? It just seems surely that God would not expect me to tithe on the gross income. I was not getting that anyway. So how could he be expecting that? But it's not about what God expects. It's what the Holy Spirit was doing in my heart. When we went to Bible college, I made from $4.70 to $6.80. You know, I started off four seventy. Three and a half years later, almost four years later, I was making $6.80. And that was over a four-year period, but I also, during that time, was convicted that God wanted my heart, not my money, and I began to tithe off the gross income. That first year that I was at Bible College, making $4.70 an hour, I made $8,400 for the year. That year we had our third baby. Had her in November, had Heather in November, and she was by cesarean. All of our babies by cesarean. I just figured it's just easier to put a zipper in her stomach. And so <laughs> I shouldn't say something, should I? But that baby cost us $8,000. I made 8400 for the year. And during that year, every bill got paid on time. The hospital got paid, bill got paid. My school bill got paid. My rent and utilities got paid. I never missed a school bill, never paid, failed to pay rent. You said that's impossible. You only made $400 more than the baby cost. Nothing's impossible with God. I totaled up my income at the end of the year. They're just the deposits, not all the income, but the deposits I'd made into my bank account. In January, I was getting ready to do my taxes. So I totaled up my income as far as everything that come in through the mail, through whatever, however it came, and we had deposited over $19,000. I'm not saying it was easy. And that, I'm not saying that we never had fears or concerns, okay? Every time you're looking at the first of the month again, and every time you're looking at the school bill again, and every time you're looking at rent again, and every time you're looking at your wife and you don't have $5 to give her for groceries, I'll be honest with you, you're scared. And there's a lot of weeping, there's a lot of praying. There's a lot of wondering 
why you're going to the grocery store and she's buying, trying to get a package of cheese and some bread and, and maybe a gallon of milk and in front of you, uh, and we could have done it. We could have gotten food stamps. We could have gotten all the bread. In front of you, they're gotten two baskets full with, with roast and steak and everything else. But I just, we decided we we're going to trust in our God, not the government. So I'm not saying it was easy. Just saying that in God's time and in God's way, it always came through. Now, often God supplies, uh, just a little note I want to throw in here. Often God supplies and we waste what he has given us to pay the bills on desires and things that we don't really need. And I'll just warn you, if you believe anything that I say tonight and you, you say, well, man, we got to do this, we, or I got to do this, listen, I'm, I'm going to just tell you, when God gives you, when God brings and supplies you the money to do, there's two things you must do immediately. One, whatever he gives you, you tithe off of it. You give back to God for what he's done for you. And number two, you take it and you put it immediately on the bill. That's what God gave it for. God gave it for you to pay those bills. And, and often God supplies, but we blow it. And then we say, God didn't take care of me. God's never done that for me. Now, yes, he did. I used to tell people all the time, God knows my debts, which by that, you know, the, my food and my raiment and my, you know, my housing, God has promised to supply all those things. So I would say God is responsible for my debts is the way I would phrase it. But I am responsible for the bills I incur unnecessarily. He would, I mean, there's been, there's been time in my life where I foolishly spent some money. And can I tell you, I don't care how much I prayed. He just let me pay that thing off. Long time, paid it off. I, one time, I, uh, my wife, we moved, God had blessed, and I'm going to get into it. Our first house we came into, and, and it, it, the windows were horrible, and the winters up there were horrible. There was ice that thick on the inside of our, of our windows. And a, and a guy came, knocked on our door, and he, he, said, he said, I'm doing windows in another house here. And we just, your house is just like that house, and we've got these extra windows for your house, and we'll give you this incredible deal. And I just said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And they charged me $4,000 for those windows and I didn't make but about $10,000 a year and I thought but I'm going to take care of my children I'm, I didn't pray one time I didn't do it I just said yeah I'm going to do that but one thing I said to him I said now make sure now I, I know it's a high interest thing that you're doing but I want to go ahead and get them in now can I pay this off without penalty you know, I mean, I can pay it off early and I'll go get me another loan with lower interest. And oh, yes, he promised me every way you could. Back then, there was what they called a rule of 78's loan. And you know what that is? You had that loan for one day and you have to pay. When you pay it off, oh, yeah, you can pay it off without penalty. Yeah, you could, but you had to pay the interest for the full term of the loan. I had to pay $9,000. For those windows and you know what God did he let me pay it off when I sold that house nine years later paying about $75 a month for nine years you know why 
It was a bad decision. God could have taken care of me, but I just had to have it now. Eventually, God convicted my heart, asking me if I really trust him, and God challenged me to give uh, more than 10%. And so I did. I, I, God pricked my heart about it, and I said, you know, I'm going to give 11%. And then we moved up to 12%. Now, we're not going to jump these increments of fives. We just, okay, you want more <laughs> And it was the Holy Spirit telling me to do this. And again, I knew God didn't need my money. He needed my heart. And so I started giving 12%. In 1986, I was making $13,600 a year and tithing about 12%, but also using every dime that we could scrape together, grocery money that we could come up with to feed sailors each weekend. And it took uh, everything that we could even dream of. It took us about $50, $60 a weekend just to feed the sailors. And we'd have no groceries left over at the end of that. During this time, watch this, we were able to move into a four-bedroom home, live five months free because the bank wanted us to buy the home, let us move into the home, live five months free. Then a college student gave us the down payment for the home. Then the bank gave us part of our down payment back to pay off my van note so I would qualify because God said I will bless you point number seven then about 1994 I heard a man preach on giving and he used Proverbs chapter 3 You can see it, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. It says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. That verse, the moment that he, I, I don't remember what he preached, because the moment he preached, began to preach this, I became overwhelmed. The Holy Spirit started just whipping the fire out of me. And I'm a guy that looks at the facts and information in a scripture. And it wasn't the promise of the blessing that attracted my attention. You see, it says, so shall thy barns be filled with plenty. And thy presses shall burst out with new wine. It wasn't the blessing that that attracted my attention. It was verse 9. Honor the Lord with thy substance. And with the first fruits of all thine increase. You see, giving was a way for me to honor the Lord. Honor the Lord with all thy substance. Not some of thy substance, all of thy substance. He would be honored through my substance, my income, my possessions. I knew too that, to, that it gave honor to the Lord when I gave to him first. He said, with the first fruits. And God says, look, if you really had the heart of this thing, if you really want to do what I want you to do, and listen to me, and I beg you, if you've never heard this, if, you ne- if you've tried to shove it aside, let me beg you. Here's the way that you can tithe, and you'll never have to worry about it. Write it out the first check. The moment that the, the money hits the bank, write that check out. The moment you get the cash in a par- your pocket, pull that amount out. It's God's money, the first fruits. 
You say, what if we can't pay the bills? You'll be amazed that you won't ever know it's gone. He would be honored through my substance, my income, my possession. I knew that he gave God honor if I gave him the first fruits of all my income. But it did not, I did not pay the bills first. I did not buy groceries first. The truth is, up until probably, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago, Joe Beth went the first 28 years of our marriage, never had a grocery budget. She never knew one week to week what she would have for groceries. And I'm serious when I say, there were times I gave her 5 or $10 for a family of eight because the bills were paid, the tithes were given, the bills were paid, the offerings given, everything's given. This is what we got left. I knew, too, that it gave honor to the Lord when I gave to him and gave to God first, but this was still not what changed my life forever. It was the words of all of thine increase. Now, this is where I'm going to, I, I, there's going to be people in here that, that were like me when I sat there. I'd heard all about the tithe for years. I'd heard about offerings for years. I'd heard about faith, promise, giving. I, I'd heard about increasing your tithe, 11 and 12, and, and I'd heard about uh, uh, Russell Anderson who was a, uh, was a millionaire and, and that he gave 90% of his income back to the Lord. I'd heard all about that. I'd never, this had never settled into my heart to this night. All of my increase, listen to me, not my income, all of my increase. You see, it was not net or gross, it was all of my increase. And that night, on my knees in the altar, I said, Lord, show me what is my increase. What is it? I mentioned this in a short version to someone uh, the other day, and they looked at me and said, what increase do I have other than my, than my, you know, my paycheck? And it just so happened I knew that somebody had given them a vehicle. And I said, you got that vehicle? Yeah, I said, how much you pay for it? Well, nothing. I said, how much is it worth? You should have seen their face when they said, here's how much it's worth. I said, then you just increased. I'm a, I'm a, okay, y'all. You've been patient with me up to this point. It's like, okay, okay, tie, 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 tie. No, that's not what I'm saying. You see, on my knees at that altar that night, God reminded me that my insurance was paid by the college. And I found out that they paid about $300 a month for my insurance. You know what that was? That was a benefit that I would have to pay, so that was an increase in my amount of money. I got to eat free at the college, any meal that we wanted to. We had a family of eight. They charged a dollar per meal for staff. Uh, if you were not staff, and so we got to eat free. So I started trying to figure out how many meals that we actually ate at the college at that time and, and had been eating, and, and so I put down $8 for each one of those meals that we eat. That was an increase to us. I had just been given a staff car by the, by the church. I called, and I found out from the ones who did all the paperwork that car was worth about $14,000. 
And so that was an incredible increase to me and my family. We often had a check come in the mail or a gift of food at the door. My preacher had bought me a suit. Men had come by and put a new roof on our house. And God just started helping me list off the incredible increases that he had given me. And I believe partially because we had been faithful to tithe and give above our tithe and not doing it so he would give us, but doing it because this is the way we honored him and wanted to say back to God, you've been so good to us. I I believe this is what you want me to do, and so I'm going to do it. Not because somebody's over me with a stick beating me in the head. Nobody knew whether I tithed or not. Nobody really knew if I threw cash in the plate. That was between me and my God. But I went through all these things, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and I got done. And I honestly, I looked up to the Lord and I said, Lord, how in the world? Just the, just the car alone. You're talking about $1,400 is a tithe. I said, Lord, you know I don't have $1,400. I never had $1,400 at one time in my life. I don't have $1,400. How am I going to give you $1,400? That doesn't make a bit of sense. So I went to a man. He's a very wise man. And I said, look, I've, I've laid this all out. I believe God literally wants us not to tithe. God wants us to give of all of our increase. And he looked at me and he said, well, that's simple, son. I said, I can't afford it. I can't do it. Not because I don't want to. I don't have it. Here's what he said. He said, yes, you do. He said, all you got to do is set up a payment program to God. I said, say what? He said, don't he said, if you go buy your house, he said, you got your house, you got a house note, right? And I said, yeah. He said, so you pay a certain amount. You don't pay that whole thing off at once. I said, no, I, I, I don't. He said, you pay it off. He said, so here's what you're going to do. He said, here's your tithe. You know, you're giving 12%. Okay, you do that 12%. He said, now you figure out, and may, he said, you might do it on a three-year plan, and, but you figure out what it would take for everything that God's revealed to you, what it would take for you to tithe off of that over the next three years. I said, okay. I started giving, I got paid every two weeks. I started giving $20 a paycheck above my, my 12%. I started giving $20 a paycheck. That's $40 a month. Don't sound like much, but that was a whole lot for a guy like me with six kids. And so I started giving $40 a month uh, above, you know, uh, above my, my, my tithe and, and a little bit of offering that I was giving. So I was, I'm giving uh, uh, that. And, 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 and so uh, I went about the next three months. I'm giving just, all I'm doing is giving extra $40 a month. But the next three months, folks, I know what you're waiting. You're waiting for me to tell you about all the things God did. Next three months, I went in a hole so bad, I, I was about to die. We had to go to the hospital three different times. My, and my insurance back then, they would not pay unless your, your, your incident was $1,000 or more. You had to pay it out of your pocket. $1,000 or more. I had three different incidents that all came to 900 and something dollars. I'm like calling them saying, could you charge me a little more? I'm the only person in the world who wants you to charge me more, knucklehead. We went in debt three or four thousand dollars over those next three months. I went back to the man that preached this message and I said, hey, dude, something ain't right about this. And I was kind of half joking with him and half not because I'm broke. 
And here's what he said. I told him what had happened to me. I told him the decision I made. I told him, and here's what he said to me, and I'm going to say it to you. I'm not going to make the same commitment, but I will say it to you. He said this. He said, Bob, if you'll just keep doing what you're doing for one year, if God doesn't more than bless you above all that you've done, he said, I'll repay you all the extra that you paid. I said, say what? He said, I'm serious. He said, if you, you give your $40 extra a month, he said, if God doesn't bless you at the end of the year, if you don't see God's hand moving in your life and in your finances at the end of the year, he said, I will pay you back everything extra that you paid in. I looked at him and I said, man, I'm not asking you to do that. That's not why I came. It sounded like a good deal. But I don't, I, I'm not asking you to do that. I said, truthfully, I just, I just need some advice. He looked at me and he said, I'm serious. Don't give up. So we didn't. I decided I'm giving more, even if I get beat to death in this thing. And we did just what that man advised me to do. We gave, and we never looked back. Now, did we have some really difficult times? I already told you, it got really difficult for a short period of time. Short is relative, three, four, five, six months. It was horrible. But for over the next 10 years, I made less than $20,000 a year. Six kids. But my tithe and offering over the next 10 years, every year, was between $7,000 and $9,000 a year. And I made less than 20. Actually, I made 17.6. And my tithe was between the lowest year was 7,000 and the highest year was 9,000. We bought two more houses. One of those houses, I was given $12,200 for a down payment so we could get it. The second one we bought nine years later was a $205,000 home on a wooded lot in one of the nicest areas of Crown Point. And at that time, I'm still making less than $25,000 a year. But we didn't get, give to get. We gave because God spoke to our hearts to honor God by giving of all of our increase. God blessed us in amazing ways. Through the years, as I gave 10%, 11%, and 12%, as we took our grocery money, what low we had or what money, truth is we never had grocery money. We rented out our house, so to speak, let the church use our house as a nursery one day a week, and, and they, didn't, they didn't really rent it. When they asked us to do it, they didn't tell us they would give us anything. But every, every Thursday for nine years, they would, after they would walk off from our house, uh, there would be an envelope sitting on the little ledge there that, that had $50 in cash in it. That's the way we fed our sailors. And God blessed, and we had a nice little home, and, and God took care of us. But from the time I started tithing on all of my increase, we went from $40 extra a month to I went, I went from $20 each time to I went to $40 each time. We went to 80 
And then I went from $40 to $60. And then I went from $60 to $80 each time. And then I went from $80 to $100. And then I went to $120 each paycheck. And God just kept unloading. You say, y'all got a lot of money? No. Because everything that came in, we kept trying to give it back out to God. That's the reason I don't ever have a dime in my pocket. I had a dollar till yesterday. And Miss Johnny May gave her a birthday card. She said, does this have money in it? And I said, no, but here. I had one more dollar left, and I gave her my dollar. But it's an incredible way to live, folks. And can I tell you, it's not easy. We lived in an attic apartment for four years. One bedroom attic apartment. Four kids. That's not easy. It's not easy to live off of, of oatmeal and peanut butter. It's really not. It's not easy to go through times where you're thinking, how in the world, when, how, where will we make it? And it's that last moment, and here it comes. That, that's not the easiest way to live. But I can tell you this, if you're willing to, he really will pour it out, shake it down, push it in. He has done, folks, forgive me, but y'all seen, well, I don't know, we may have to move out next week, but, but you've seen the house we're going to live in, we are living in. Does that make a bit of sense? No, it's because two reasons. One, I, a little lady back there that has walked away from everything that we ever had because I said, this is what God wants us to do. And so she's left everything behind so many times you can't even explain it. But it's also because she's never one time looked at me and said, Rob, we can't afford that. We can't do that. I was three and a half years ago, got out of the hospital, weighed 170 pounds and couldn't work, couldn't preach, couldn't do anything. Truthfully, I, I, it took me months even to heal from the inside out and, and we had no income, no anything and God had blessed us and People had sent us some money, and I had $1,000 in the bank. I had my house note paid. Some, we'd already had enough money to come in, and we had $1,000 in the bank. And I found out a buddy of mine, uh, another preacher buddy of mine, had fallen off the roof of his house, trying to, to roof his house, and he broke his leg. And God said to me, what are you going to do? And that morning, on a Sunday morning, I wrote out a check for $1,000, and I put it in the envelope, and I sent it to him. See, this is not a tithe or offering. God wants your heart. So I sent it to him, and I, I looked at Joe Beth, and I said, baby, it's what God wants me to do. And she said, well, if that's what God wants us to do, you've got to do it. And I sent it. I didn't send it. I wrote it out and addressed it because I wanted God to know I was, I was real about it. I couldn't mail it Sunday morning. 
And the day before, I'd just been called to go to a, a little church. They said, it doesn't matter if you can stand, if you can need to sit, if you just come preach to us and give us your testimony, do it. And, and there's a little church, about 25 people, and I said, I'll go over there. I went over and I sat down there in a church and I, and I used every little bit of strength that I had to, to preach a message and, and, and we got ready to walk out of there that day. And there was a young man that walked up to me in the service and he looked at me and he said, Brother Hooker, do you know me? And I said, I recognize your face, but forgive me, I don't, I don't remember your name. And he told me his name. And he said, I really not... I'm not going to church now, he said, but I heard you were going to be here. And he said, I had to come today. And I said, well, I appreciate that. He said, no. He said, you don't understand. He said, several months ago, God told me to do something for you. And he said, I've been fighting it. He said, but I heard you were coming here this morning. So I came here so I could get this monkey off my back. And he handed me $1,000 in cash. The check had not even gone in the mail before God blessed. And I'm just telling you, it, you say, does it always happen that way? No, if it did, I'd write you a $10,000 check. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, when God has your heart and you just say, Lord, I just got to do it. I'm going to do it. It don't have to make sense. You just do it. And so it's not 10% that was the law. I'll agree with him. But God didn't do away with it. He said, that's where you start. He said, if I really have your heart, Lord's saying that 10% was, is mine, whether you give it to me or not, it's mine. And I don't know if you realize this, but he's taught me many times that if you don't give it to him, he'll get it. Boy, will he get it. No, the real giving of your heart starts when you give more. When you give more. And I'm going to warn you, man, I'm going to warn you. She's the reason I could do it. Ladies, I'm going to plead with you. Trust him. Be willing to eat peanut butter and oatmeal. Be willing to wait for the milk to sit at the doorstep. Be willing to live in the one-bedroom attic apartment. In time, God will bless you above anything that you can even imagine. He's done so much for us. It's beyond my comprehension. And I could go, my brother keeps after me to write a book, but I'm telling you, I could go for the next six weeks, six months, six years maybe, telling you illustration after illustration of what God has done. It is amazing what he will do. He doesn't do it the way you want it. He doesn't do it as fast as you want it sometimes. He doesn't do it how you think he will. But if you'll remain faithful like that man told me, don't give up. 
Do it for one year. Well, I'm going to tell you, don't give up. Do it for life. And when you get to my stage, what you'll find, it's incredible what God has done. When I was a young man, I heard about people that would, you know, they pray and they get this and they get a new car and they get, I've gotten so many cars given to us, I, I, I couldn't even count them. I was a young man, I'd think that never happened to me. I'd hear about thousands of dollars being given to them, folks, and I'd say, that could never happen to me, but yet I've been given a, a check for $20,000. I've been given a check for $10,000. I've been given a check for twice for $5,000. I, I just, we're, I don't know. I got called from the church, and my pastor said, you better come talk to me, and I thought I was in trouble. I walked to the door, and he said, I didn't feel like I should do this over the phone, he, but he handed me that check for $20,000. Why? And I'll be honest with you, when he does that, I have to say, Lord, what do you want? Because it's real easy at that time, man, oh, it's time to go party, but it's not. It's what does God want from this? I had a check I did not expect to ever see for $7,200, but I'd already promised God that when, if and when it ever came back to me, I would give it to missions, and that check for $7,200 came in on one night, on one day, and the next day there was a check going out to the mission, $7,200. It changed my life. It changed us forever. I don't know if it'll do anything for you, but it did for us. But I'm trying to tell you, it's, I'm not screaming at you that you've got to do anything. God doesn't even do that. He wants your heart. He wants your heart. He wants you to honor him where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. And he just wants to know how much of your heart do you have? Does he have? And I just, you can't outgive God. You can't. And this is not a man to stand here because we're in some kind of horrible financial trouble at church. Now, the truth is, y'all are an incredible people. This church has been blessed, and we're in good shape right now. Not for you. I'm telling you because that man's message changed our lives. Thank you for letting me go really long. Father, I pray.